0: Yo, everyone, you're listening to Filmmaker Mike and the Boys. Joining me tonight is Pinhead. Sup? Just when you thought
1: it was safe to listen to Filmmaker Mike and the Boys again. Guess who's home, baby? And
2: Kuya. <laughs> uh, oh, God, I miss that guy. How you doing, everybody? I miss you, man.
1: I missed you guys, too, man. It was a long two
0: weeks. I'll tell yeah, you. it's been a while. It's so, all good. Finally, you're back. I'm surprised no, no uh, sound effect of a can opening tonight. You've got an oh, open there glass there. There will be. There,
2: there, there, there be will be funny tonight. yes <laughs> funny to talk about.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah you funny to talk about.
1: This is the first time. This will be my first drink uh, for the night, so that will be really cool. I don't have to, like, run out. I can just uh, go to the side and, uh, you know, do the old. There you there go. go. There you
0: go so <laughs> i'm sure a lot of the listeners missed that as well like where's the where's, <laughs> oh, the sound is. where's my asmr <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> it's that obnoxious clicking sound yeah so jester hopefully i don't know if he'll be able to catch up uh but hopefully <sighs> he's doing well
2: you know the princess has the sniffles so that's okay <laughs> we wish him well
0: yeah we yeah. do wish him well so um since Pinhead has been missing in action for the last two weeks, I have a list to run down here. (laughs) Um, So, because I'm sure. I'm I'm also curious on your thoughts. So first off, um, what are your thoughts on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier in the last episode?
1: Uh, I thought it was really good. I I had a, I thought it was a nice wrap up to what we got with the the overall series. Um, If I had to choose... Gun to head, I think so far out of what we've watched as far as the Disney end, I think this is the best thing we've seen I, I like this even better than the Mandalorian because like everybody knows I'm not, I don't hate them but I'm not a huge space wizards fan so Mandalorian it's a good series but for me this one was the best thing we've watched next to the boys because it was just solid writing the acting was really well put together especially for a Marvel series. I understand that Marvel's not, it's obviously not notorious for shit and bad acting. However, this kind of took it to another level to where if it was a film and you could see them, you could see them kind of getting nominated for like golden globes and Emmys and Oscars and stuff like that, because it's a next level, higher caliber performances with these two. And then you throw in the, you know, the original Captain America aspect, then that puts in a new, a whole new level of heft to the performances, because we're talking about real life scenarios that are, you know, people like to pretend that they're not, but these situations are still going on today. Everybody likes to pretend that racism is dead and gone, even when you're a super, that's not the case. A lot of the facts and times you will see most of the time That the biggest racism comes from and to the people you least expect, like your heroes who fly off in wars, you know, like these veterans, especially the Vietnam veterans, not to slam other generations under the road, but them and the World War II generation really, really, really got the shaft in real life when it comes to what they came home to. Yes, the people of World War II got a lot more pageantry and all this than the people, than the soldiers of Vietnam. However, they, especially Black men in military, those two eras of time, they really had a hard time struggling because the country showed them little to no respect whatsoever. And I'm glad that this episode and the rest of the series tapped on that. Because there's too many people avoiding shit and you know which is fine, you know I like having good host good entertainment too, and brain dead fair. And we'll get to that here pretty soon with another thing and i'll tell i'll i'll, I'll critically break it down why this movie that we're going to talk about down the line here soon is not part of that so. However, there's a time when we really need to put the brain dead fare aside and start having real conversations, even in our entertainment. And this show did that in spades. So I'm very proud of what they did with this series. And I thought this episode was fantastic. I thought it was a nice cherry on top of a really well written series that we went through so far. So I think it was a good show. And I think this episode hammered it home. What they did, I knew it was coming. I mean, obviously she had to go because she is, for all intents and purposes, she, at the end of the day, is a terrorist. But I, I, it sucked to see her go, you know, Infos Nest or whatever the hell. But um, but overall, it was it was a it was a good send off to a overall pretty good series. I know there's a lot of people crying out here about it, but you know, get over it. Mm-hmm. You 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 have your brain dead fear all the time. One, one's not going to hurt you, so.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, um, I was going to say, I didn't get to add it last time, but uh, Julie binge watched the last four episodes uh, nice. a, few week, a few weeks ago, and I told her, like, you really got to see it. So she just binged it, and I told her it's an easy binge. So yeah. um, she was really blown away and impressed. She really liked the story. And in, I think it was it episode two or three where, where Bucky introduces Sam to Isaiah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then when they're, when they left the house, this is the first time they visit, they see Isaiah. Um, when they, when they left the house, they're on the street, they're just talking on the street They're there's, they're get, things are getting heated and then the cops come over. Right. And the cops are like, uh, is he telling Bucky like, is he bothering you? Like, you know, you need to calm down. Yeah. And then, and then she was she like reacted to that, and she was like, "Wow!" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like, it's it's happening. It's really yeah. happening. That's happening right. out there."
2: Yeah, that you thing know. is very real. So
0: right, and I'm I'm really I'm really impressed that more like you know before the show debuted, before the show dropped, we were hearing early buzz that it will tackle with racism and all that stuff. I'm glad they did. Um and they did it very well. They, you know, and the the tribute, just the overall arc of um Sam, not just at the beginning of the series, but from the beginning of his introduction in The Winter Soldier now coming full circle. You
2: if know, they, if you think about it, like they they tackled on like multiple facets of the the racism. Yeah. Like uh one one of the biggest critiques that uh, some 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 uh, african americans think of other african americans is like when they support the country or support the government or whatever they're like you know they're they're called names right, right. Yeah. they were, they were called a, like you know the...
1: issue. it's a big issue in the comu- community as a matter of fact
2: yeah i mean
1: not for nothing regardless of whether if you agree with it or not yeah. to be a republican in the african american community is almost yes. a scarlet letter yeah. it really is because they don't like that shit because yeah. to them that ideal represents everything that is hateful and racist in this country
2: yeah but they don't look at the 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 original aspects of what I, is.
1: exactly i understand that but that's you you're preaching to the choir at that point what i'm saying is it's a huge problem in the community and that's why you have the divide you have so people need to understand that we do have a divide in this country but a lot of it does stem from inside the communities themselves the infighting like it's it's getting pretty toxic right now
0: right and that's why um i'm i really like sam's speech at the in the finale episode Mm -hmm. when he brought up um i i kind of hope i kind of wish that they actually let Carly live, and not just die, just for the you know like. That's. I, I feel that, like they could yeah. have done much more for that character by having her live and learning, and actually working together, you know, with the um, what's the name of the the GRC? Yeah. The,
2: the, the thing was like she she made up her mind already. When she when right. she blew up when she blew up that that one building with the hostages hostages right so
1: and I right. understand that I get that but I completely agree with what Mike is saying they could have still had that kind of scenario and rode around to where they could have kept her alive and done future shit with her because there is some very very good material right there that you just squandered in my opinion mm-hmm. there was a good arc you could have told with her storyline and a redemption could have came for that young woman but that was squandered in this because you know storyline right? Right. that's where Marvel fucks up that's the problem I have with Marvel they they have the guts to do stuff like this and then you know we take two steps three steps backwards by doing shit like this so it's not so I will agree if I had one nitpick it would be that fact Because you had the balls to do this show the way you're doing it, and then we get to the finish line, and then you go, and kind of step away. That's a problem to me. If you're going to do it, go full force.
0: Right, because the episodes leading up to it, Sam was really trying to talk to her. He was. Come down to her level and understand her. And he he was even, you know, in that last episode, he wasn't even fighting her. He didn't want to fight her want to hurt her so that's why he gave that speech to to do better right because it is up to you as the
1: representatives of us to do better because he's right because it doesn't matter about captain america or iron man or hulk or this and that regardless of how super or not they are they can only do so much of the job it's our responsibility as human beings living in the communities together to be heroes too and be there for one another we have right. to do better, and that was the point. You have to do better, and as representatives of the government who are supposed to represent everybody in this country, including minorities, you're failing. Mm-hmm. Do better, and I love that they let that speech go because that was a powerful, needed speech. It's, right. it's, it's
2: way but be- it's way better than a- Avengers Assemble. It's better than uh, yeah. I I am you know I am Iron Man. It's better than like all They're of these.
1: Right to your left. Yeah,
2: on your left, shit. You on
1: know. Your left. Oh, great. That's great. This was far, you're right. This was far more powerful than anything Marvel's done in the last, I'll be nice, 10 years. So I'll be nice. We I can go a little further, but I'll be nice. I'm, I'm in a good mood today. So we'll just say, you know, five to 10 <laughs> years, it's the most powerful stuff you've done because not for nothing, you know, not to keep bringing it up, but dc's been doing this for a while boys so welcome home you know welcome to the club finally you finally dropped your balls and got your big boy britches on good job marvel
0: all righty so next up mortal Kombat. (sighs) so let i want to hear first your 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 thoughts upon seeing it for the first time last saturday last week with all of us at the private watch party your initial thoughts
1: I'll tell you one thing, before I get into that real quick, it was hard. You don't know how much temptation it was for me to look, keep looking at because especially when you're watching baseball and you're not doing nothing but minding your own business, and then all of a sudden they want to tempt you with, get over here. I'm like, I get it, guys. I'm going to see it in, on Saturday. So that was a little agitating Not, I almost pulled the trigger. That being said, the overall experience was a blast because I got to see you guys and experiencing it in the theater was, you know, it's fun. Ooh. But that, I'm not. We'll get into it in a minute. That's not the movie's credit, but I did have a great time at the movie because you got to get out and see people. It was great meeting Jesse. You know, I wish I would have been able to uh, have more face to face time with him, but the night was hectic. Everybody was talking to everybody and especially when, you, when Mortal Kombat fans start talking to Mortal Kombat fans, it's like a black family reunion. You know, you, there's chaos all over the place. There's, you know, Nook Nook talking over here with Charlie and then like, you know, Aunt Edna over here with, you know, Lamar, like you're on, you, you get the FaceTime time in as, as much as you can. So the experience was great. I will give it that. The first time seeing the film, I was agitated. I've seen it five times now. And it's an even bigger piece of shit than when I went into it. It's trash. It's garbage. As a movie, so putting Mortal Kombat aside as a movie, ladies and gentlemen, we we like to say a little thing around here. As a movie, it's. We can say it together. It's average. Average. Middle Middle of the road.
0: road.
1: And especially when you're talking about bringing people back. Yeah, I understand that Godzilla. But when you're talking about really starting to rev it up now, this is what you got. Like, you can say what you want about Godzilla versus Kong. At least I didn't sit there going, really? And, like, I sh- in a Mortal Kombat movie, I shouldn't have these. These should not be the expressions. Let's just get it out there. right? These should not be my expressions in the movie. <sighs> 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 Where's my phone? Oh, what time is. Oh, wait, I'm watching a movie. I can't check my face. N- never mind. Let's. Oh, my God. Like, I shouldn't be doing that in a Mortal car. Co- I should not be going, like, I'm having, you know, shitty sex with an ex or some shit. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Wow. I mean, it is so mediocre. It's not even funny. <laughs> and then if you're a fan of the franchise, I don't know what kind of 420 you guys are smoking out there, but I'd like some of you to send it this way. Because you have to be smoking some good shit to be this diluted in this kind of diluted state. If you like the movie, that's fine. But especially you diehard Mortal Kombat fans out here saying that this is the savior of the franchise. You're out of your trees. Like, what are you smoking? Are you in the in the fields like taking the peyote and eating the mushrooms because you have to be to have as a mortal Kombat fan saying that was a good adaptation of mortal Kombat. it was terrible and we can critically break down why as a mortal Kombat movie it is garbage and cole young no is not the only reason why the movie's garbage but he's a good chunk of why mm. like I'm not even like, we'd like to use Milk Toast. Milk Toast ain't even it, man. Like Milk Toast is a bigger G than this dude. Yeah. Like he gets movie plot armor. Yep. You, you you touted this guy as being a new character who, okay, we're not going to get Johnny Cage. We gotten over that. But you touted this guy's gonna be Johnny Cage esque or badder ass than Johnny Cage. Um, huh? I- I'm missing it because this guy got his ass handed to him throughout the entire freaking movie until he got his plot armor. Oh, and golden then armor. on top of that, when he got his story plot armor, he used it to, after he got stomped, of course. He used it to, like a snap of Thanos' thumb, wipe out Prince Goro like that. <laughs> um, Prince Goro's not a jobber. Why did you just make him a jobber?
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Like yeah, that,
1: like this, and these are, but
0: they are, uh,
1: and the Arcana. Oh, my <laughs>
2: God. The Arcana, Arcana
1: must
0: unlock it.
2: We, have to, Ong. Is,
1: we have to call on what the hell call this fucking Power Rangers Highlander shit. Because literally, like I it may it 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 blowed, it blew my mind. Like you're telling me that so if Nook Nook accidentally runs over, I don't know, say Katana and she has the Arcana. So if a drunk driver if drunk Nook Nook runs her over by accident and murders her, now he becomes Katana. That's what you're telling me. That is that is the shitty, that is nonsense. So now I'm a chosen one because I was a drunk idiot and I ran into Katana with the side of my truck and now she got smushed like a pancake. So guess what? <laughs> I'm a warrior of Mortal Kombat now. So my irresponsibility now lets me be a hero and lead to fight for the, the faith of the earth. Are you kidding me? So any random schmuck fuck can come in. Number two, it's called the Mortal Kombat tournament. Like, this was like an episode of AEW wrestling. I'm sorry, Khan, but you know, random schmucks just walking in and starting brawls out of nowhere and then, hey, I won. That's Mortal Combat. That's nonsense. That's absolute nonsense. Kano was cool, but a little of that went a long way.
2: Yeah, it you was know? funny. Fucking daddy. Ha, fucking ride. You know, you know. You know, Yeah. You fucking pussies. Ha, ha. I,
1: I, we get it. We get it. You're a tough. We get it. You're comic relief too, you know.
2: Why is this hot? Huh?
1: It's better than fireball, fucking pussy huh? Like, okay, yeah, that that there's some great lines in there, but it it, it grows old real quick. Yeah. And the call outs, you know, flawless victory. Even though you didn't get a flawless victory, you got your ass at it. But we'll, we'll you know, it's cool, right? Fatality, fucking right, mate. Like, oh, like, you, you know. That, that, and, and yes, you, you're right. You can argue, well, Pen had it. You liked the first Mortal Kombat from 1995, and they did it too. You know what? And it was also 1995. We've grown. Like When I see stuff from Mortal Kombat Annihilation in this new movie, because that's what it was to me. I'll give you a perfect analogy, and this is going to, for a lot of you out there that know this, this is going to get me in a lot of trouble, but I don't care, especially for Mortal Kombat fans. This movie is, if Mortal Kombat Legacy and Mortal Kombat Annihilation had a baby after they fucked, it would be this movie. Because it literally is a combination of the budget and and, and storyline progression of Legacy with the nonsensical... Idioticy of, of Annihilation Like the Arcana uh, comes straight From Annihilation, the tattoos are Almost identical to the tattoos In Mortal Kombat Annihilation Almost identical Go back and look at it Like you you guys are making The same mistake uh, The, they the made flying tattoos, Mortal right? Com- huh?
2: In uh, Annihilation, the flying tattoos?
1: Yeah, the flying tattoo The <clears throat>
2: Oh, it, you know, it only comes from like the royal mark of uh, whatever lineage of Shao Kahn, or I know, it, or Elder God tattoo, or some shit like that. I can't remember, yeah.
1: And it's really annoying, especially when you do the call outs. Like they called out Mentaro in the pictures. You know, you called out a couple of characters that you could have put in there, but you just went, Hey, you wish these guys were in there, but
0: they'll be not- in the sequel, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and not only that, who cares about the seafood? We got Russet Cole right now, you know, the potato. He's gonna he's gonna save the day with his plot, his story plot armor, you know, his 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 dollar value version of Colossus from the X-Men, you know, skin. it, it it's pathetic. And to do this shit where we're not going to put him in there, but we're going to wink, wink at the end of the movie and say, you know, I'm going to Hollywood because I'm going to find someone who's a better fighter than me. Why like, why would you say shit like that? You're supposed to be, for all intents purposes, in this Mortal Kombat, the Kung Lao, the Liu Kang, the Johnny Cage, the Sonya Blade, and you down yourself. Like, <laughs> I don't get this. This is what doesn't make any sense to me. The guy's supposed to be a badass, but when we meet him, he's like, I'm a fucking loser. I can't win no fights. I'm, I'm the only guy worthy. I'm the only guy that'll fight you for a ham and cheese sandwich, a 12-pack of beer, and a case of Corona. Like, This is our hero of Mortal Combat, And the guy's like, oh, shucks. <laughs> and then when you see him fight, he can't even fight, like, he can't even beat a bum off the street who's just fighting a fight for a bottle of booze. And you're going to tell me that this guy who can't fight the bum off a bottle of the street is going to win Mortal Kombat and be the hero over Kung Lao and Liu Kang? Mm-hmm. Really? Like, Patrick, because let's just call it what it is. He's just a regular white dude walking around you know i see i've saw guys like this in high school and i'm like and you know what a lot of them were a lot better ass than you know russet cole or cole young or whatever the hell his name is the movie is dog shit it's nonsense there are so many elements where you're like not even as a mortal combat fan but as a viewer of cinema you're like what in the hell was that mess? I'll give you a good example and we'll wrap it up. And this isn't even a Mortal Kombat thing. Okay. This this really annoyed me too. You just saw a man wipe the fuck out of a city block with ice and shit. And you know he's coming to hunt your head. Mm-hmm. And you have to have some critical common sense, regardless of if you know who the entity of Shang soon is or not in the movie as a character. You have to have some common sense to, you go, okay, I got my wife and my daughter here. There's this being that can freeze people with, you know, he can give you a chef's kiss you ain't gonna like. And you, you 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 could send them to the raid and and put them in out world, you could send them in or in the in the void that they made up. You could put them anywhere. And what's your what's your solution? An FBI safe house in the middle of Colorado? He's not gonna find that at all. No, and it proves this and it proves my point, right? Because later on in the movie, guess what? He finds your little FBI safe hold house in the middle of Colorado, and then it kicks off the. Scorpion versus Sub-Zero, because that's what everybody came to see. And that's another thing that bothers me. Russet Cole's great, 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 distant future, great, 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 great. Daddy's father's uncle's uncle's brother's son is a descendant of Scorpion. So he has the bloodline. So thus, not only does he have movie plot, hole armor, Now he's a real Mary Sue and over POP, even though he's still a fucking bum and we see it again. Now he's got a tag team partner in a triple threat match. This just turned into a WWE episode of Raw. It went from Mortal Kombat to a shitty episode of Monday Night Raw. Like, what are we doing here? And yes, the fight was great, but it was too little too late at that point. And not only that, the choreography in this movie it was lackluster. And the reason why I bring the choreography up is you would have got away with some of this, but McQuaid or whatever your name is, you went on record and you fucked it up yourself and you can look it up for yourself. He went on record and telling people that these would be the best, most intuitive martial art fight scenes you would have seen on in cinema history. Those were from his words when they were, filming this film yeah that wasn't even up to the 60s 70s snuff of bad dubbing and wire work fighting like this is the best on cinema to date you know what lineage you're talking about here right like what you would compare these movies to like the 36 chambers of the Shaolin you know the, the, the Iron the, the iron Fist, you know, like shit like that. The guy with the flying guillotine. That's what you're trying to bring back, you know, not bring it back, but pay homage to and you did a shit job of it. Like Raiden, my favorite character in the entire series, one of my favorite characters of all time, his, he might as well have been Bill across the street, you know, mowing his lawn. You got this guy with this amazing power that can. And I'm tired of it. And you, you, especially you Mortal Kombat fans, I want to punch your teeth down your throat. This shit that. Well, Pinhead, you can't say nothing because Raiden never interferes. The motherfucker interferes all the fucking time. He can't butt the fuck out. I don't know where you're getting this that I mean, Raiden never he was interferes fighting in the Mortal
2: Kombat tournament. In the original Raiden,
1: game. Raiden never interferes in the in the in the in the ins and outs of human. Yes, he does. The motherfucker can't butt his nose out. That's why the elder gods can't stand his ass. Because they're like, hey, buddy. You're one of us. Why the fuck are you being a renegade running around helping these little beneath us ants? The elder gods hate him because he can't stay out of the business of the earth realm. What are you talking about? Have you ever played a Mortal Kombat game? At least a recent one. You're right, Kuya. He's now fighting in the fucking tournament. The last game, he completely changed the complete, not chronica, He's the reason why the timeline was destroyed and the reason why Chronica was able to get into power. Like stop this nonsense that Raiden never interferes and he's not allowed to by the elder gods to interfere. In any- That's bullshit. You don't know what you're talking about. If you say that he interferes all the damn time, he can't help himself. He's like a bad grandma who just can't help, but criticize you. He's always interfering in the damn tournament. What are you talking about? And he did it in this movie, but he doesn't. He's like, I ha- I can't interfere, but I kind of can because, you know, I do. And I take you guys somewhere else to save you from harm. I can't interfere, but, you know, I kind of can because I can build this giant force field to stop Shang Tsung and all of his disciples from coming forward and, you know, fucking our world up while we train. I can't interfere, but I kind of can because you know I'll take you into this void where, no, where you, you know, an hour and twenty minutes into the movie, movie you now tell us that there's a void you could have transferred everyone into to have trained in the first fucking place and not <laughs> been bothered by Shang Tsung, and then that way they would have been ready for fucking Mortal Kombat. But
0: hey, <laughs> <Kung laughs> storyline, huh?
1: <laughs> it's it, it's stupid shit like that that just aggravates me, and why I say this movie's dog shit. It's terrible (laughs) writing. You want to talk about amateur? This shit is amateur hour at its finest.
0: (laughs) So, what else? The any thoughts about the other cast and the characters?
1: I like Shang Tsung. Like the 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 actor who plays Shang Tsung. He's really good.
2: What about Haruyuki Shinada?
1: That goes without saying. He's always fantastic. I mean, he could be in a fucking dog food commercial and somehow make that an (laughs) Oscar. No, seriously, and somehow making an Oscar performance. Right? (laughs) Alpo. Like, he could sell you Alpo Alpo. and he would be compelled to go buy some fucking Alpo. It is honorable for you
2: to eat Alpo.
1: (laughs) And you don't even have a dog. You don't even have a dog and he'll make you go buy a bag of Alpo. So he goes without saying. Of course, he was fantastic. But then we got to get to the people that, you know, Kano. Okay, wasn't uh, bad. You're, you're fine because you were a jokester and a little, you were adorable, so I'll, I'll give you, but my girl and the one that as a kid I had a huge crush on, how the fuck are you going to make one of the baddest military fighters in the world, even better than Guile? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know, that hurt a little these street fighter fans. She's a badder bitch than Cammy. And yeah. in this movie, she's a basic 99-cent store bitch. Sonya Blade is the worst. She is so dreadful. And the way she gets her powers is, <laughs> we'll move on. because another- As soon as
0: she's, she's back, she's got like, ooh.
1: Yeah, and the, <laughs> and the way they do Melina, I'm like, that's another one. Why in the hell was I turned on Belina? I shouldn't have been turned on by Melina. Melina should not have been that attractive. Right. I should, ooh, you dressed her up like she's cosplaying for Halloween. Like it's, She's still attractive, She still looks good. Like, if you wanted to make her look like Melina, one, you wouldn't have had the mask off all the time. That's one. No. And two, she would have looked like... See, they, they again... Melina has her mask on. You look at her and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's a fine ass. She's stacked. She got nice old ties, a nice ass booty, nice old boobs. Then she takes the mask off and you're like, oh, shit. And by the time you're stepping back, she's already leaping at you, ripping your throat out. There were critical decisions made in this that I was just like, um... I don't get this. Not just as a Mortal Kombat fan, but as a person who likes going to the movies. I don't understand this. Like, it was it was boring. I was bored to death. Uh, I think I would agree with Jester. I think the most entertaining part of the movie were the trailers. Even the Jonathan Cena one. So, <laughs> wow, this movie was that disappointing. Hell, I would have rather seen a Fast 9 trailer and risk seeing Jonathan uh, two times to avoid having to see this movie again.
0: (laughs) That says a lot.
1: So this movie's dog shit. (laughs) And at first I didn't say that because, like I said, I've seen this movie five times now, including the watch party we had on Saturday. This movie is dog shit. To me this movie should be given a fatality. Mm. That's another thing before we move on that really pissed me off. And I know, you know, this is a fan too, Kuya. They had a great moment between Jackson, the, the general, they could have used on the bridge where they could have knocked him off. And, the, ah! and they completely didn't. <laughs> Utilize
2: it. Not was only just like not- I was like, what, "Why are you using Jax's thing?" I was like, "Fucking, you're on the bridge."
1: Yeah, I'm like, so this tells me this is a guy that skimmed through the. He, he went, "Hey Ed, can I use the IP?" Ed probably went like, "Yeah, write me a chat, go do it." And the guy's like, <laughs> "So, you can tell, you can tell, he's a fanboy of Legacy for sure." You can tell when Legacy came out, he blew his load because the original concept of what this was supposed to be. And I remember it because I was following it like mad when Legacy came out. The original idea was this was going to lead to a movie that was going to be a more (laughs) so fucking goofy, too a more realistic and down-to-earth take on Mortal Kombat. And we're going to go into the intricacies of why Blue King is the way he is and why Jack crossed his arms the way. And this, that, and the third. It's like, this isn't fucking Citizen Kane. It's Mortal Kombat. Stop it. And that's what this film does. It tries to be Citizen Kane. Just do Mortal Kombat. We just want to see you fuck people up and kill them. Like, you, did, you had parts of it. Like, the Kung Lao fatality was fantastic. I'm like, ooh, there's Mortal Kombat. It's coming out. And then they went back to, yeah, we were just fucking with you. We wanted you to get a little wet so you'd stay in your seat and wouldn't go ask for a refund. That's why we did that. <laughs> so, fuck Mortal Kombat. It's a two out of ten. Wow. Fuck Mortal Kombat. Wait, and your secret. there's
0: more. Yeah. So,
2: um, Mike, uh, I I did see Mortal Kombat again. Uh huh. Uh, gotta be honest with you, the the fight scenes in Jujitsu is way better.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that last time.
2: No, like I I was I was think I remember like the last time I said like yeah I think it's a little better you know. <laughs> no, this is it's way better.
0: Oh really? Oh. Yeah. I mean, at oh, least okay. at
2: least the they were there was actual fighting, you know. Like, well, there was actual
1: fighting here. Yeah, the, I was gonna say there was actual fighting here. It's just lackluster, average, middle of the road shit. We it, used it, to it's do. like
2: seeing like two senior citizens trying to fucking punch each other. <laughs> that, that's how I saw. That's how I saw the fucking fighting. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, you know, right. I mean. It's like <laughs> eh, you punch me, no, you punch me. Eh, you know,
1: like, and not for nothing. When we were in third grade playing the video games at recess we had more better choreographed fights at the recess area when we were pretending to be Liu Kang versus Sub Zero.
2: There's like some of the little cheeky things like you know homages like you know like how uh Liu Kang like swept uh, Kano like four times or something like that. Or oh, is that your only move? You know, like, that was, like, you know, it was a little, a little homage to the, the fucker. Yeah, I know. I was like, like hey, hey, yeah, there,
0: that's to
1: you, uh, you you diehard fans out there. No, the, we know the struggle, too. We know the cheese spamming moves. Uh, not for nothing. If you guys really wanted to touch on that, you would have had a scene where Scorpion continuously waved the fucking thing around at Sub-Zero nonstop and spam <laughs> that shit. Because that's what real Mortal Kombat players do. No, <laughs> especially the MLG ones online. They can't they can't stop doing that in the shadow move where he boos and comes and punches you in the face. So they should have spammed that scene because that would have been more appropriate to online Mortal Kombat play in the yes. modern
0: era. What would you think? And of you mean, I can't Gary?
1: believe and I can't believe this. I have to make a mention out for this, especially for my old, especially for my wrestling fans. I cannot believe that Riku Rico is nathan jones i didn't know nathan jones was the general i was like yeah. it doesn't look anything like nathan jones i, I
2: kind of saw the little nathan jones on the, the, the teeth when i and saw for, the teeth i was like oh okay yeah that's, the
1: that's one thing i will give him on that makeup aspect because i didn't see it and for those who don't know nathan jones was a prospect wrestler back in the day who was groomed by the undertaker He was an Australian prisoner. He used to be in a prison in Australia, and he was known as one of the most notorious badasses that ever walked that prison. He actually murdered a couple of people, but, you know, the WWE (laughs) swept that under the rug. We'll we'll take it. (laughs) But he he went nowhere, and luckily he did go nowhere because he's had a pretty, since he left the WWE, he's had a great run of roles. Like, he was in The Protector. So, like, he's been in a lot of movies where he's of note. So, in a way, it's kind of good his wrestling career failed because he's still making wasn't he the
2: bo- Wasn't he the, the, the boxer in Ip Man? Right?
1: Yeah.
2: I think he was the, the original. Yeah. The, the Chinese. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, so, he's done. I'm proud of him for that because he was a good guy for what he went through. I actually got to meet him at a wrestling convention one time. And he's a, really, he's a really good, he's a big badass, but he's a really nice dude, and I'm glad to see that. So on that note, I'm glad he's still acting. I just didn't know he that was him. I was like, whoa, because it looks nothing like him. If you look at him in the movie and look at him in real life, the makeup job is insane.
2: Hey, So if he was in a Space Wizard movie, would you watch that movie?
1: Probably because I have a lot of respect for him, and I would love to support the fact that he's in a, a huge budgeted film. You know, so I, you know he, I he, he I think he I think
2: he's think he's already in the in the movies. He's called the Force. <laughs> 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 that guy's a mo- yeah. That guy is massive, bro. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he is. And people
1: always talk about the rock and this and that. And you should, nah, 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 nah. you don't talk like Nathan Jones could t- towers over the rock. Yeah, he is like, a
2: beast. Like Nathan Jones is like what, isn't he six seven, six eight, something yeah. like that? Not so like only in, in that, a solid solid 300 right
1: yeah. Oh, yeah and not only that he's not the, like these guys he's, a, he's just a pro he's a legitimate real life murderer he's not one of these yeah. slappy slap play fighting rest like he can legitimately break bones in your body yeah. and send you and dispatch you so so when you see you him fighting them? on on on, when you see him fighting like throwing those are re- like they're not real pun, but his real life, like he can really fight in real life, it's not you know, stunt double. Come, like he's like, I, I got this, hold my beer, I can do my own stunts. Like,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, hey, what, what did you say, Mike?
0: So, what did uh, ben Ed, what did you think of Sub Zero?
1: Um, I thought Sub Zero was good, I just think that the storyline is stupid as far as how this inciting incident comes because there is a very, very, very good, um, rich rich storyline that could have been done there and they squandered it. But the guy that plays Sub-Zero, he's fantastic.
2: Yeah, Joe Tolson.
1: Yeah, like, and he's supposed to be legitimate, like, good fighter, like, badass in real life. So I have you, yeah. like, when they get legitimate, like, I know, I know, and me and Jester talked about this, and I'm sure you guys talked about it on the on the podcast last week. I get it. They're not good actors as far as those guys. But we're not here for the acting. We're here for the fight, and to have a legitimate badass on there fighting. The guy who plays Sub Zero, he was fantastic.
2: Yeah, he has a movie in on Netflix. Uh, Mike, did you get a chance to see that?
0: No, not yet.
2: Not yet. Yeah, it's it's legit fighting. Um, they they do a Southeast Asian version, Asian fighting okay. called Silat. So it's it's basically knife work and. Uh, Life work uh, joint locks and basically mercenary killing type of thing so
1: yeah Pretty what I what, what I, I will say what I was annoyed with was the call to the the Quay and the and the, like in right the
0: movie, you.
1: yeah in the movie you guys don't establish what's that mean that you guys don't do a good enough job to establish what that lineage means. Stop bringing it up because at that point, the reason why you keep calling it back is for the diehard fans. Right. And you're not doing a good job of it because the diehard fans know that when you keep doing that, you're just doing it on, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. There's a a reason why those two clans exist and you guys just went, just because.
2: You, you know That's that uh, that first seven minutes of Mortal Kombat, right? Which is really, pretty much the best. Uh, yeah, the best, everybody's
1: like, raving thing. about it. Even the people that haven't seen.
2: Yeah, but um, if they added three more minutes introducing like the you know how the Linkway and and the you know, you know, Scorpions uh, clan hated each other, the reason why, and all that stuff. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it would have been, been cool to to introduce them in that way, like you know, just just a little thing.
1: The problem I'm having with this movie ultimately and why I am giving it a 2 to 3 out of 10 is because this movie can't decide what legacy of Mortal Kombat it wants to be. It can't decide whether it wants to be the first four Mortal Kombat games or the modern legacy that we're going, because we need to understand something very critically, especially for those who don't know Mortal Kombat. There are two legacies of Mortal Kombat. It hasn't been Mortal Kombat 1 to Mortal Kombat 11. The timeline has changed now thanks to Raiden and Chronica, The timeline is completely different now. And the problem with this movie is they wanna take elements from the Chronica and and Raiden timeline, put them in this movie with elements from Mortal Kombat one to four. That does not like throwing in Cabal. He shouldn't even have been in this movie at all. I love the scenes, that's great. He shouldn't even have been mentioned. His, his his Johnny Cage moment should have been in Mortal Kombat 2. He shouldn't even have come in until Mortal Kombat 3. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Like, you guys don't even do a second-grader's research on what this is. I understand this. And anybody, and I'll put this on record now and I'll move on, because we. anybody who was expecting a perfect adaptation of Mortal Kombat, you're out of your tree. It was never going to happen. However, if you can't do a basic second graders research into what Mortal Kombat is, you have no right making the movie. You just don't. There's a way to do this and make it make it accessible for a casual audience. You do it with Marvel movies all the time. You do it with your space wizards all the time. Like, I don't get this. This is not that hard. It's mortal combat. We're not talking about, you know, curing leukemia here. We're talking about mortal combat and they made it more difficult than it needed to be. And that's why this film is a mess. Regardless of if you love this film or hate it, you cannot deny that this film is an absolute mess. It's a mess. And I'm not saying that as just a Mortal Kombat fan. I'm talking about under film structure and the basic ideas of film structure, this film is an absolute mess.
0: All right. So there we go. All righty. Moving on. Have you guys finished Invincible?
1: Yeah. So I don't think you guys are going to want me to talk about Invincible. You can talk
2: about Invincible. We'll move
1: on. But yes, I did finally... Much to my grandmother's dismay, we finished Invincible. You
2: <laughs> didn't so. like the cartoon?
1: She don't like cartoon. She just she can't take them.
2: Okay. She
1: and that's not and that's not a knock on Invincible. So I'll make a disclaimer right there. That's just she. She it doesn't matter how mature. It, as a matter of fact, the more mature material it is, the more agitated she gets because she's like, this is more infantile than actually having. Grown men watch cartoons, you know. She has a, a special reasoning of why, so I'll just leave it at that. Gotcha. But yeah, I, I finished Invincible.
0: And you're okay uh, with it? I think it's overrated garbage. Wow! Uh, <laughs> he just broke we his heart. Oh no! It, like,
2: <laughs> I I, I want to hear the reasons why he he wasn't and fond the of it. And a big
1: reason, and it's. A big reason is because our boy, who's missing in action right now, oh, Mister Jester. <laughs> and I understand, and I don't, and I'm not blaming him for his excitement. I mean, I he sold this like I was like he blew his load on this one. I was surprised how much you and him agreed on this because. And it's getting a little weird. It's kind of starting to feel like Twilight Zone shit here because you two have been agreeing a lot lately, and it's,
2: it's getting. A little, it's twenty twenty one. It's kind of so weird.
1: Getting, it's starting to turn into a little episode of eerie Indiana here. You know, <laughs> it's getting a little. It's getting a little creepy. You know. Anyway, um, he got me really hyped because, admittedly, I did see the first three episodes before him.
2: Yeah.
1: And I stopped because I was I'm exhausted. Because you guys know what I've been going through. On top of that, there's one, another one of our coworkers gave me another recommendation. So I was watching that and then the other stuff. So I stopped and then he came in and I saw the conversations and then the conversations we had, he's like, oh, it's like a kid in a fucking candy store. <laughs> I never, I've never seen this much glee on Jester's face ever. With or without the mask, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So I got so I got excited. I was like, because me and Jester usually, for the most part, agree on stuff as far as when it comes to our media and what we, because we pretty much, excluding comedy, which I cannot stand, and everybody knows that, that's where we completely disagree. But other than that, we usually agree. So I got excited. I'm like, oh, shit, man. He's, this is the most excitement I've seen out of this princess. And I got excited <laughs> and really happy. And then I saw the cast. And I was like, ooh, J.K. Simmons, ooh. Sandra, Oh, I'm getting all excited. Yeah, I see this stat cast. I even see there's a couple of cameos from my boy John Hamm from Mad Men. Ooh, I'm all excited. And then I watched the product, and I'm like, hmm. That was interesting. And that's about, that's my expression throughout the entire season. Hmm. That was interesting. So wow. I'm very interested to see what the graphic novels are, because I know these are celebrated. You're not the only one, There, I, I would especially when I was reading comics full time, people wouldn't shut the fuck up about this series. Way before this show, like people are, this, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling like they were putting it on the level of Watchmen.
2: Yep. Uh, so and I, I was
1: ribbed on top of that on that lineage. I was like, okay, this has got to be an automatic 100 home run hit out of the park with all this lineage, all this cast. For me, it was just. It was can okay. we get to the point? Can we just get to the point already? Like there was certain, like I get it. I will say my boy Clancy Brown is that demon, whatever, you know, Hellboy 2.0, because that's what he looked like, fucking Hellboy. Detective Demon, yeah. Yeah, Detective Demon, you know. (laughs) He was cool, because I love Clancy Brown, and I always know when my boy Clancy's doing something, whether I see him or don't, because, you know, I stalk that mother. But uh, other than that, I was just like, I can see an argument of why my grandmother hates cartoons so much. This shit is fucking perfunctory
0: at best. I was bored out of my skull. What what was it that 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 didn't impress you, or that the you...
1: storyline altogether is just dog shit to me? I get that, I understand, and I do like the aspect of the father son thing, but the overall just is he a bad guy or is he a good guy? You know, I don't I I get annoyed by that, especially when to me it doesn't pay off in the long run. It kind of did. It paid off so that we can get, you know, two more seasons that we already know are greenlit because, you know, you spilt the tea before the season finale. So we knew we were getting a greenlit next season because you told us already that, you know, by the by the fourth episode, Amazon already had two more seasons greenlit and ready to go. So I knew where this was gonna go as far as cliffhangers, you know, but it's just like i I, I had a hard time getting through this. I don't know what specifically it was, but because Mike knows he kept asking me he's like, "Are you done with invincibly and and I've been on these two episodes. Mike can attest to it a month at least yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> The reason why I kept asking is because I've got memes I, I want to share that are spoilerish, and I can't share it on the group thread because uh, I might spoil it for you. So that's why I was, like, asking.
1: Not only that, it kind of sucked because I loved the last episode you guys did. I was, like, busting up. My heart was hurt, my chest, my side, because it was a great episode. I had to skip Invincible, obviously. And it was hard to, like – Go forward and all. I went too far and go backward. And then I heard, oh, I shouldn't have heard that because I haven't seen this yet. And then go forward and all. So I just eventually got to the end. I watched, I listened to the beginning and the end of the episode, so. Oh, cool. That was fun. But the episode, you guys, I got to give you guys credit. As a side note, since we did bring it up, you guys for the last couple of episodes have been knocking it out of the fucking park. I'm telling you, you guys have been doing a great job.
2: It wasn't especially
1: last week's episode, dude. Like the Mortal Kombat talk was ridiculous.
2: (laughs) I was mad. My chest was hurting.
1: My eyes were watering. I'm like, my grandma's like, Why are you laughing so hard? I'm like, you wouldn't
2: understand. Right, Pinhead? Like I like my point was like like I don't give a fuck about you it's Mortal Kombat. It's it's about fighting. I don't care about a fucking storyline. If there's decent fighting, I'm okay with it. You know? But then I will say it was it was a, it was a like, you know, but then it was like, you know, shitty storyline and shitty fighting. So I was like, that's what you
1: And I will say, and I told, you know, Mike this at work, I was 100% in agreement with you until you went into the void like you did and went on the John Wick rant. Oh, <laughs> then no. I was like, come back, Kuya, come back. You're going too far into the void now. You had great points there. Now you're going into the void.
2: Ah. So... I mean, like, that's, that- that's 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 the plot point of John Wick. It was a revenge about a, a dead puppy.
1: <laughs> and I just, I like I said, I thought you guys really killed it. So I, I was impressed. God, my sides were hurting so bad after that. <laughs> <dude>.
2: like,
1: <laughs> we, we, I was hard. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, trying,
2: when, like, you, you, know? when you,
1: when you and when you and Jester agree, that's when I really fell
0: out of the chair. Right like what the fuck is going on? I am I'm, cur-
1: Is this the fucking
0: twilight zone? What's going on here? Yeah, I'm curious to see. Hopefully by the, when we get the book of Boba, we'll see some uh, very controversial yeah.
2: stuff. Yeah, I'm going to be like all yeah. That's I'll tell probably, you right now. That's, I'll probably, the, that's probably the end of that Twilight ep- or this Twilight episode or whatever that is.
1: I was going <laughs> to say, I'll, I'll go on record. That's going to be the Space Wizard show that I exceptionally look forward to just for that fact alone. So, yeah. Because so, there's going to be a shootout when that show comes on. Yeah. Oh, man.
0: So, as far as Invincible, yeah, we got uh, confirmation last week of season two and three has been renewed. And then. On the recent episode of Fat uh, Man Beyond, as well with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin, they had um, what's his face, uh, Kirkman, Robert Kirkman, creator of Walking Dead and co-creator of Invincible, back on, talking about the finale of the show and uh the series being renewed for season two and three. Um, he even mentioned like they have they could even keep going, you know, further with more seasons. Uh, and then what I thought was interesting, he actually got me excited to check out the, the actual comic book because he didn't spoil anything, but he said that they just keep pushing the envelope as far as the story. It keeps escalating and everything like that. Um, and what I also thought was interesting was that he mentioned that Seth Rogen, of course, is working on the live action film. And oh, my, big, my, my biggest question ever since I started this series was how do you adapt this story that's been that's done well in the series aspect into a live action film? And Kirkman just said, maybe we'll tell a different story.
2: Yep.
0: And I was like, there you go. That that's a better way of, because you just can't straight, you know, especially now that a lot of people have seen this in our like uh a lot of people are praising it. So I was just looking at uh, Rob. I just saw on Twitter. <clears throat> Rob Liefeld. Theater yeah. of Deadpool. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, so he tweeted and he said that uh, where is that tweet? Jeez, this guy tweets a bunch. He sure as hell does. Yeah, Rob
2: Liefeld. Uh, drawer of no fucking feet.
0: Huh. Yeah, so he can't here, here he tweeted, he giant so he tweeted, I knew Invincible crossed over as soon as my oldest son called from college to discuss it. We hadn't previously talked of it. He and his friends love it. So.
1: Isn't Liefeld also the one with the obsession with all the pockets and shit on characters? Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. have yeah. 3,000 pockets on air,
0: like cable. Like, yep. Yeah. Cable and... uh
2: And a large chest and no feet. Yeah. And, and everybody's squinting for whatever the fuck reason. Because <laughs> he can't draw eyes.
1: <laughs> and I will say this in Invincible's defense. To be quite honest, I think this is just, I'm over this shit.
2: Yep, I really old. think
1: the Snyder Cut was the, I blew my load on it. Because after the Snyder Cut, I just don't give a shit about the superheroes anymore. Like, wow. I need to start getting back into what I what I'm good at, which is horror and wrestling. I don't well,
0: Falcon good. and Winter Soldier.
1: That's Spider that, that and that's why I'm saying like we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but it, we the got WandaVision, and the Snyder Cut, back to back to back.
2: But, but the thing, I'm the fucking thing, over it. No, no, the, like, the thing, I really
1: am. Like, I'm over the space wizards and the men in tights. I'm over it.
2: Like the thing about the thing about fucking the Winter Soldier, though, is like, you know, without the superheroes, it still would have been a much better story. Or, exactly. So story. Like
1: you could have taken those superheroes out of that story and it would have been there, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have mattered. As long as that storytelling was in place, it still would have been compelling. I mean, it could have been paper bag and knapsack. For all I care, as long yeah. as the writing was good, you know. So,
2: yeah, but I, 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 I think you me, hit your uh, wall, huh? Been yeah, I've gone fun. to the,
1: I've I've reached the plat. I'm like, I don't care anymore. Like, because like that Jupiter thing on Netflix, yeah. I was like,
0: Jupiter's legacy, yeah.
1: yeah, Jupiter's ascending part two. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. So and and on a, which is which is funny because next week on the show I'll have my full review on the new Spiral movie, the new Saw film, because Thanks. we already got the tickets for me and my grandmother are gonna go see it next Saturday. So,
0: nice, cool. Yeah. Alrighty. So moving on, uh, May four we had uh, quite a Star Wars day. They dropped the Bad Batch. Uh, it's a brand new spin-off series off of the Clone Wars. And we had we got a brand new 70-minute episode. Pretty much a Ooh. movie. Yeah. So that was that was really awesome. And then
1: strong.
0: Yep. And then on Friday they dropped a new 30-minute episode. So now we're getting new episodes every Friday. And they should be around 30 minutes. So uh I'm not gonna break it down right now, but I really enjoyed it. As soon as the episode begins, for those who are familiar with the Clone Wars, it's it starts exactly like the Clone Wars, and that put a smile on my face because it brought me back to 2008 when the Clone Wars debuted. Uh, and the fact that we're, you know, they connected again to Order 66 and what happens, and there's some there's some stuff that happens, but.
1: Yeah. So uh, this so this is between the episode two and three timeline then?
0: This is after the episode three timeline. Oh, okay. See, yeah. now I might be interested because yeah.
1: I like this because my I'll I'll be honest. Like next to Empire, if I had to like gun to head, if I had to choose like my favorite Space Wizards movie, it's Revenge of the Sith, because that movie was fantastic. Right. And I I was always intrigued to know what goes on after that story was ended.
0: So you need to check out. I wonder if because I know you haven't seen all of the Clone Wars yet. But I think you I think you can watch season seven of the Clone Wars and then jump on Huh. The most recent one. Yeah, last year. That dropped last year, and then the Bad Batch. So they recreate some scenes from episode three in animation. And my goodness, it looks fantastic.
1: See, now you're getting me. See, you're just when I think I'm out of the space, (laughs) because that that is intriguing to me. I'm not gonna lie, that is that is very interesting. Someone
0: someone did a comparison of some of the shots in episode three, and the the animated shots that they did for that um, 70 minute episode of The Bad Batch, where they recreated some of the scenes in animation, and it's just flawless and it looks great because they they do show what happens in order 66 because what when you look back on revenge of the sith now many like what over 10 years later um we we've got so much more perspective from other from the clone wars and then also from jedi fallen order of what happened in order because it's a big galaxy there's so many other jedi that you know were with clones or encountered clones, and then when Order 66 was initiated, you know, there's just so many different perspectives. Because what we see in Revenge of the Sith, we only see a handful of Jedi, you know, uh,
2: pretty much die. The the important ones. The High Council.
0: Right. So, but then, you know, it's really cool what they've done, and, you know, hats off again to the great, holy Filoni, Dave Filoni, because he's... (laughs) He's listed. He created the series, but, you know, um, he did say this idea goes back to George Lucas. So this is still coming from Lucas. The fact that, you know, um, the Bad Batch, a.k.a. Clone Force 99 is uh, and it's really I'm really enjoying it. Like, man, this is really cool. So, uh, yeah, I I would definitely recommend checking it out. Um, That's
1: interesting. I might have to look into that, because like I said, I've always been interested in the following tales of what happened after that, and now hearing you say that they kind of give you some inst- instances and hints of the intricacies of what happened during that time, I might actually check out season. So, seven.
2: Mike, I have a question for you. Yeah, um, the Pada one that that uh, they saved is that Kano? Is there, that that's him, right?
0: That's Kaden Jarrus, baby.
2: Okay. <laughs> Like so, I yeah,
0: did. when when that so I'm not familiar with the Caden the last Padawan
2: yeah
0: comic books that was like I think that was released like 2005. Now they've gone up in value. They're like they've shot up like they're like around like 200 bucks an issue or something like that. Anyway, Ooh. um, so yeah, that's Caden Jars.
2: Nice. Okay. Cool. Minor
0: spoilers, but yeah. Uh, and so this connects. You know, this connects Star Wars Rebels. It connects Clone Wars, like it's very rich, and it's it's really cool to see that, you know, like when we is got- that Freddie the- Prince
1: Crybaby's character? Yeah. Huh? Okay, I was asking if that's Freddie Prince Crybaby's <laughs> character.
2: It is. Okay. Yeah.
0: When uh, yeah, it's it, and it's he voices the character. It's a young, it's a younger version of the character, but it's Freddie Prince Jr.
1: AKA wife of Sarah Michelle Geller.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. so, but yeah, uh, and now I feel like I want to do a rewatch of Rebels as well because Rebels was also fantastic. Um, really. I know
1: people keep telling me how amazing that the series story, was.
0: The story gets so much, it just goes deeper and gets so much better and like they flesh it out. Like, man, it's it's amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah,
1: I, I across the board from even the most hateful star wars i've heard nothing but great things about that series so
0: yeah I'm the only arrogant. thing the only thing that kind of put off a lot of fans at first was the different visual style that it had um oh yeah yeah I Yoda, could when they show yoda there he looks like shit compared to the clone wars even anakin was like what the fuck is this like what what happened? <laughs> like you guys couldn't copy and paste that shit, or just copy and paste and made them look better. Like what the fuck is this shit? But other than that, um, other than those small things, Rebels is a fantastic series, and it was a great because, um, yeah, that was the that was also Disney already when they took over, but the fact that Dave Filoni had a very close hand in that, you know, it just it just shows you that. He was getting ready and he like he's really mastered animation and now he's working on that Ahsoka spinoff live action series so you know when we get that it's only going to be a matter of time until we get a live action film directed by Dave Filoni so I'm which I'm really excited for.
1: And I like seeing that, you know, like I said, I'm not a huge Space Wizards fan, but I do like seeing like people like you and Jester and Brad get all excited like it's Christmas morn. And yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I, because I, that's what I want out of professional wrestling and horror. But, you know, we'll see if we ever get
2: there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Yep. And then on May 4th, they also dropped uh, on Disney Plus there's actually so much stuff there, obviously, but um, at the Star Wars side, there's this thing called Star Wars biomes, which is pretty much like atmospheric. Like, it starts off in Hoth. If you just want like some some like music or not music, but like some. Oh Jesus fucking know,
2: Christ! The really...
0: Well, they did it. They they do this for Disney uh, animated films. Like they do ocean, they do desert, they do like Aladdin so by the way I have to mention this I, I i keep forgetting to mention this to jester um we recently watched the 90s Aladdin film with robin Williams and before you before the film starts there's a warning and it says something about jokes and racism and all that stuff which i was like whoa I didn't know they did this i didn't know they put that in front but it's there like, so so
1: Mike what you're telling me is Disney pretty much made glorified ASMR videos out of their IP properties. Right, right. Right. They did. Okay.
0: So, there yeah, is right, cuz you know Disney you can't
1: milk enough out of your properties, you know.
0: Well, I mean, you know, why not, right? Uh so they have Zen, they have what um Disney Zenimation and that's basically so that's Aladdin, there's some Moana, it's just the sound effects of the ocean like the but you see, you're seeing the animation, no dialogue, and my kids—quite
1: honestly, fuck you, Disney, because I'll probably end up trying <laughs> to try get the paper. right.
0: My kids actually love watching it when they wind down for the night before they go to bed. Yeah, it's very relaxing and calming. So now with Star Wars, the Star Wars biomes, you—well, I mean, hey, more power. Exactly. It's only 18 minutes, so. But yeah, I didn't finish the whole thing. Oh, that's not bad, actually. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. And then Wait, you how many you haven't finished. Of them are there? Huh? What was that? How many of them are there? Do you know? Of which one? The biome. It's like the episodes, or no? It's just one thing. And oh, just, uh, bad like, batch. Just transitions. Oh, a bad oh, batch. Oh, so it's like a piano, almost. Okay.
1: No, I'm talking about of the stuff, the ASMR thing.
0: Oh, of Star Wars, there's only one. I think of this of the Disney. I think there's only one, but I could be wrong. You have to double check, but it's called animation. So I'm going to check
1: it out actually, to be honest.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And they also have, they also have some, um, Mm, they have these short animated films. It's not the Pixar shorts, but they're called Sparks, Sparks shorts, which my kids also absolutely love. Like, they're really fascinating, and they're really entertaining too. And there's some some stuff in there for adults too, like that's I I thought was entertaining. So, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. Um, so moving on to some other space wizards news. <laughs> so they are filming uh, the Cassian Andor spinoff series right now, and we got some leaked pictures of um, Diego Luna as yeah. Andor. And then there was also a trooper with him. So they're still filming that series. Uh, We're not sure when they're going to drop that series, but hopefully, you know, if not later this year, perhaps early next year, we will get it. And then Ewan McGregor as well was interviewed recently um, because I think they're already starting filming on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And uh, he was talking about, the The prequels and his reaction to it. And he pretty much said like it was uh, quote it was hard, they didn't get well received and it was quite difficult. They were universally not very much liked. However, now there's a generation that grew up with the prequels that absolutely love the prequels. and they love like for the generation that grew up with Han, Luke, and Leah for this ge- for the generation that grew up with the prequels it's obi-wan anakin and padme so yep. you know of course it's a different you know luke han and luke and leia are still you know but there is that generation myself included that yes i love han luke and leia but it's i also love you know uh obi-wan anakin and padme and the fact that we're going to see a rematch and hayden christensen back with you and mcgregor that's really yeah. exciting to me. Yeah, because my little cousin, she loves the prequels. There you go. And so. a huge, especially um, the Gen Z, on TikTok, there is so much love for Star Wars prequels and the Clone Wars and, you know, even the sequels. So take that as you will. Um, it's really fascinating to see. And then of course, we've got, um, let's see here. Moving on, we've got uh, our favorite, everyone's favorite, uh, Mission Impossible star, Tom Cruise. Nice. (laughs) So this is from IndieWire.com. Tom Cruise reportedly saved co-star's life from spinning helicopter blade while on set. (laughs)
1: because <laughs> his ego wasn't big enough
0: <laughs> so yeah uh, Tom Cruise doesn't just save people in the movies he does it on set too <laughs> yes. so that's not my right those are not my words I words. know So <laughs> um, it says here a new report from The Sun reveals Cruise saved his co-star Elizabeth Shue's life during the production what? of the 1988 comedy Cocktail Where's the Mission Impossible? Shit, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you telling me what cocktail? Oh, I guess it's going in the past, going back in the past. Um, So here it says, we were filming. Goodness gracious. Is she also in Mission Impossible? If she is, I'll be even more excited. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay. I'm like,
1: what? I'm about down to now. say, I don't think Liz, my girl, Elizabeth. Why, why
0: are they burying the lead here? Like, goodness gracious, I got to do some research now. <laughs> Clickbait! I just saved the link. Like, holy shit, calm down. Where is it? Come on. How about Lock that it. Mortal Kombat, That's, you know? Right? Fuck it. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not going to fucking read that. Anyway, whatever. Um, so another thing about Mission Impossible... On their Instagram pages, they've been sharing updates on the film, where they've been, and they're still filming. Like, check it out! We're still filming the movie that you thought wasn't impo- was impossible. We're, we're still doing it. So, um, they posted. Oh, I guess it's not in the, it's not on their feed, but it's on. The, it was on their story, so they posted um, pictures of different members of the crew. were like oh this is the this is the cinematographer this is the co-director this is the ad you know all that stuff and they were all wearing masks except Uh for one guy and i was like oh shit like how is this guy not wearing a mask but granted he was like a good six feet away from the photographer but i'm like (laughs) i'm I'm sorry if tom cruise saw that you were like Where's your fucking mask? Yeah, where's we're your all... fucking mask? I told you this once already, you motherfucker. check out our Instagram. We won't be able to promote this movie.
1: <laughs> you can just see the steam coming out of Tom's ears.
0: <laughs> That's what I sleep with every night. So, yeah, we're
1: fighting for the fate of the world, like he's Lord Raiden or something. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Now I see it. Okay, so as far as uh, Tom Cruise saving. Uh, someone's life on the set so the sudden report followed a story from over the weekend in which Cruz was spotted saving a cameraman from falling off a train during a stunt on the production of the latest mission impossible movie Ooh. so quote we were filming the scene from a helicopter where tom and elizabeth are riding horses along the beach bennett writes in his post after a couple takes the pilot would land the helicopter on the beach and Tom and Elizabeth would come over to watch the shot recordings and get notes from the director. The only monitor was at my operating position in the left front seat of the helicopter. Bennett explains that the tail rotor on the back of the helicopter appears invisible as it spins, adding, if you walk into it, it will kill you instantly. So I guess Elizabeth's shoe is in the film. After Cruz and Shu watch playback of a scene on the monitor, Shu took off suddenly running towards the back of the helicopter. Tom is a pilot rated in both airplanes and helicopters and instantly saw the danger. The camera operator continues. He lunged after her, but only was able to grab her legs, tackling her to the ground. At that point, she turned white and he pulled her back towards the front of the helicopter and they walked away. All of us in the helicopter were quite shaken up by the close call, but there was nothing to be said. Tom had, in that instant, truly saved her life wow thanks so he dove after elizabeth <laughs> wow dude that yeah i because can't he, wait for this i mean if 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 someone gets injured it's also on him because he is the big producer mm-hmm. you know so and then that's gonna make news and everyone's gonna be like oh that tom cruise that's someone hurt on his movie yep. and, you know Had
1: to do all that rant and raving, and now someone almost died on his film <laughs>
0: right. Or he's gonna be like, if anyone gets hurt, it's gonna be me, <laughs> <laughs> which which he has. But hey, yeah. that, that's commendable. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, you don't want anyone getting hurt because that's gonna be a. Yep, I can't <laughs> wait
1: for I can't wait for this movie. I really. Well, I'm
0: excited! I'm excited. Speaking of which, Top Gun, the first film, is back in theaters for an anniversary screening. Of course so, it is, and I need to watch the whole. I I don't. Remember seeing the whole movie of Top Gun? I need to. Are you watch serious? It. Yeah, I'm serious. I only remember a wow. few scenes, but I I don't recall. Do you,
2: do you remember it. the the all men sweaty volleyball <laughs> game? A little bit.
0: Okay. I just remember because that was very
2: integral in uh, in in the the movie Top Gun. Yeah. It was very important.
0: Oh man. Well, I think we're gonna get more more uh volleyball too in the sequel. That's the problem with you, Maverick. <laughs> You're too dangerous. So, all right, ready for some video game news? Hell yeah. We, we let's go. hear
1: about what I know where we're going. Comicsbook.com.
0: Yeah.
2: The Last of
0: Us 3 has been written. Uh,
2: Jesus Christ.
0: The Last of Us Part 2 on PlayStation 4 left things in a very interesting place. <laughs> and Fans will be happy to know that the outline for a new game in the series has been written. In an appearance on the Script Apart podcast, Neil Druckmann revealed that he and Hallie Gross have now put together an outline for a follow-up. It's important to note that this should not be seen as confirmation that a third game is happening, but it does confirm that Naughty Dog is starting to look at a possible future beyond the most recent game in the series.
2: It's Whoa. the story about. It's Abby. happening. I don't know how much
0: it. I want to reveal. Druckmann said on the podcast, Hallie Gross and I did write an outline for a story that we're not making, but I hope one day can see the light of day. That explores a little bit what happens after this game. We'll see. So, yeah, yeah it's happening. You'd have to be brain dead not to
1: think that it wasn't right? because Neil Druckmann loves fortune and glory. And they may, regardless of whether you loved The Last of Us Part Two or hated it, or you thought it was average at best, it made a lot of fortune and glory. So it is getting a third game. If anyone thinks that it's not going to get a third game, you're a fucking moron. You really are. Because this is how capitalism works. This is how business works. You make a product, a mass amount of people buy that product, then guess what? You make more of that product and send it out. So to to say that this is, we're not confirming, but you don't need to. The mathematics confirms that there'll be a last of us part three. Mm. Because everybody and their grandmother bought the damn thing to see if all the bullshit was true, but no one will, you know, mention that they'll just say it made a lot of money and this and that, because it was a masterpiece. Okay. Keep telling you guys yourself that there's a lot of padded rooms waiting for you with the white coats. They're coming to take you away soon. You keep spouting that shit out. Just saying. (laughs) Yep.
0: All righty, and then of course we've got uh, Warner Brothers. Everyone's <laughs> goodness
2: gracious! Uh, is this There's the news? Is this, is this the one that the the, uh, the big news a couple of days ago?
0: So they are still looking. They confirmed it. Of all days, not a surprise and not a coincidence. So two days ago on Henry Cavill's birthday, this is from Forbes.com, Warner Brothers attempts to bolster diversity with Black Led Superman written by Tanahisi Coates. Oh god, no. So the problem, the, the problem I have, and a lot of fans are having with this is that it's not. It's not another multiverse version of Superman. Which, for those that may not be familiar with, there are a few Black Superman in the multiverse. You know, one of them is Val Zod. Okay, he's from Earth Two, and he's got a cool looking suit. He's got a blue suit and a white cape and a white S shield with red on it. And there's also Calvin Ellis, yep. who president was president of the world, yeah. who was based off of Barack Obama, yep. years ago, and he is on that Earth, the president. Um, I'm trying to see, uh, Calvin Ellis, what Earth? I think he's from Earth. Twenty, let's see. Calvin Ellis, I'm trying to see what Earth he's from. So he debuted in March, uh, 2009. And uh, Calvin Ellis is from Earth. Fuck it, I can't find it. <laughs> but anyway, if you Google, you know, you should be able to find it. Anyway, um, so there are a few different multiverse versions of Superman, Superman and Superman that they could do. But it seems like what Warner brothers is doing here is they're going straight for a black clark kent aka is it earth 23 I think yeah it's earth 23 I was thinking earth 23 but I just wasn't sure but thank you for checking yeah earth 23 so that's calvin ellis right um so for this one black superman straight up Kal-El, straight up clark kent And what pisses me off as well, and what pisses off Ray Fisher, is that Warner Brothers is just going for, hey, look at us. We're not racist. We don't (laughs) mistreat our employees and our actors. But after the shit show of, you know, what happened to Ray Fisher. uh, And 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 um, and
2: John Stewart. And what? And John Stewart. And John Stewart.
0: And Jon Stewart, that's right. Zack Snyder on his Vero finally revealed there's a, there's a, some pictures of them actually shooting on green screen on his driveway right in his house with um, – what's the guy's name? Oh, man. I just had his name too. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, the, the actor that plays um, Wayne T. Carr. Also revealed, also had a few shots that he shared on his Twitter of John Stewart Green Lantern that we could have seen at the end of the Snyder Cut because instead of Martian Manhunter in that scene um, coming to Bruce Wayne's home and talking to him, it would have been either just Green Lantern or it would have also been Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern.
2: I think the the, the what I heard is uh, is going to be John Stewart, Kilowog, and Martian Manhunter. I think coming in.
0: Right. So the fact that we could have gotten that, but Warner Brothers really fought Snyder on that and didn't want him to introduce to us a new John Stewart. I mean, it just shows you that Warner Brothers is just... And I'm talking specifically about the executives, you know, and this is what a lot of fans are like, DC really needs to have their own, like Marvel has Marvel Studios, and that's, of course, headed by Kevin Feige, and then all the directors, all the, you know, they all work in that, you know, they're not necessarily bogged down. Yeah, they're also looked over by Disney, but Marvel Studios is its own entity, and they're not interfered with by Disney specifically, right? Like Kevin Feige, with the success that they've had, and with what he's done and what his grand scheme and, you know, all these things that they're planning already knows their trajectory. Like they, they've only announced, like, we got a trailer um, of the Marvel universe so far cinematic universe and what's to come. We're actually with things are how things are going. We're going to be getting four big movies this year in 2021. And you know what they've, they've officially given dates for, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which they revealed the title of, and they gave us a look at the Eternals and all that stuff. DC is in desperate need of its own (coughs) studio division where Warner Brothers cannot interfere and just let, you know, someone really has to be, you know, ideally it would have been Zack Snyder, but I don't know how that, how you know, how that can happen right now. But, you know, the fact that Warner Brothers is pushing for this black Superman directed by a, a black director, starred, you know, um, supposedly it may be Michael B. Jordan. He's playing Koi on it. And it's gonna be set in like the 20th century. Like I'm all for a black Superman, but we have a Clark Kent already. We have a great Clark Kent and that's Henry Cavill. They released this news on Henry Cavill's birthday. I mean, what a way to shit on the guy.
1: That's petty. That's petty as fuck. Right? As like have- said, that's another level of just.
2: Because exactly. like said,
1: I agree with you. Beyond that, it's not a good look for you, Warner Brothers. Because like Mike said, that's the equivalent of you guys saying, hey, I ain't racist. I got four black friends. Just so you can feel comfortable behind closed doors in front of your friends so you can feel easy about saying the N word. That's the only reason why you do this shit. You're not doing it because you're pushing black. You want black voices out there and you want diversity. You're doing this because you're saying, look at me, I ain't racist, even though we know you are. Right. Beyond his saying it, your actions prove that you are with some of the decisions you've made. Not just recently, but in the past. So, you're, this isn't a good look for you, WB. It just isn't. Right. And adding Tanahishi coats into that factor, that makes it even worse.
0: Yep. Yep. And then it's last last week, they dropped Warner Brothers. Uploaded on their YouTube channel, the Justice League 4K trailer, which got a lot of fans of the Snyder Cut and the. Fans in general who've seen the Snyder Cut, like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Yeah, you know. And so it sent everyone in a frenzy. And the the current, so it's at eight hundred sixty three thousand views. It's at five thousand likes, the thumbs up and the thumbs down. Can you guys take a guess on how much thumbs down?
2: Double that. Double the five thousand likes.
0: Can only imagine. So ten.
2: Yeah, something like that.
0: 124,000.
2: Wow.
0: Like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Like, did did you guys... Did, did you not see the reaction to the Snyder Cut? And by the way, I want to make this clear. And I, I thought for the longest time, when Restore the Snyderverse was released, that hashtag, I thought that came from the fans and the hardcore supporters. That didn't come from the hardcore fans. That came from a lot of film critics, a lot of blue check marks, verified accounts, and general supporters of, who saw the Snyder Cut and were like, I wanna see what happens next. That yep. started from that. It didn't even start from the quote unquote Snyder cult. So <laughs> that says a lot about the Snyder Cut in the fact that, and you know, when you when you look at it, when you look at the Snyder Cut in retrospect now, it is perhaps his uh, his movie with the most, um, where it's been able to really get everyone like to enjoy a Snyder film. Like, you know, when you compare all of his other films, like most people will like either, there's only two camps, like it or hate it, you know what I mean? But for this part, for this film, there was a huge amount of people that really generally liked it and enjoyed it. And yes, there are some people that didn't like it and whatever. There's always going to be haters. But, you know, the fact that... Yeah,
2: Mark Bernadine or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> jerk off.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Um I'm still holding... Take that, you. John Campia. Uh,
1: <laughs> I said, yeah. so take that, John Campia.
0: Right. And then as far as Zack Snyder, so earlier this week, I got an email... So we know that Army of the Dead is dropping soon on Netflix. I think it's May 21st. So, and I just accidentally, okay, no okay. for a second, I thought I deleted my notes. All right. So um, I got an email from Cinemark that Cinemark will be playing Army of the Dead in theaters one week before it drops. So not just Cinemark, but 600 movie theaters across America will be playing Army of the Dead beginning on, if I'm not mistaken, May 13th. Nice. So one week before the <clears throat> film drops on Netflix, which is, a not, which is a cool incentive to see it on the... I mean, you're seeing it on the big screen, but you get to see it a week early, of course, before everyone gets to see it on Netflix. So that's a cool incentive. And the fact that this is the biggest Netflix uh film to debut in theaters to date 600 theaters that's pretty big that's pretty huge so yeah army of the dead is going to be released on may 21st and then um uh, in netflix that it drops in netflix on netflix on uh, may 21st and then i just want to double check here i'm looking at my cinemark app and it drops i'm not sure if it's may 13 or fourteen. So May 13. So even like, so a week and a day ahead, it drops. So we could do a private screening, but I'm not sure how many people we're going to get. So we may just end up, go, just we're just going to buy tickets to it without the private screening. I mean, you know, we can still, right? So, but yeah, that I thought that was really cool. Um, so that's, there you go. If you guys are interested in seeing on on the big screen before Netflix, why not? So, I think it should be pretty amazing to check it out on the big screen. And then another related uh, story to that is uh, Dave Batista was actually given an option. He had the uh, option to star in The Suicide Squad with James Gunn, uh, but he chose Army of the Dead over The Suicide Squad. Because, uh, so this is from indiewire.com. So, Dave Batista said here, um, quote, I get to build a relationship with Netflix. I get a lead role in a great film, and I get paid a lot more money there you go. with Netflix. So, I mean, the choice oh, is clear, and I don't blame him. I mean, the fact that yeah. you get to be the lead in a film over just being another you know part of the cast, because, I mean, when you look at the Suicide Squad cast, when you look narrow down the leads there, you're looking at Margo Robbie and um, what's his face? Uh, goodness gracious, fake ass
1: Robocop,
0: yeah, but I don't know if he's much of a lead in it. Um, well, they
1: keep pushing him, so even though we don't want him, right? Right? Well, I don't mind him. What,
2: what, what, what Rick Flagg,
1: I don't mind him either, but a lot of people they're discussed for because uh, I heard it all of the a lot of the disgust for Suicide Squad. One of the big factors was him.
2: What Rick Flagg?
1: Yes. They don't like that actor.
0: Huh. Yeah. So when you look at the Suicide Squad cast, you can narrow down the leads between Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena. Oh, God. And let's see. I mean, as far as the big leads. Yeah. um, Viola Davis. But then, you know. And that's
1: it. Like, that would be it. Because I would say the only one you could really mention beyond that is Viola. And after that, it's like, then we're right. just getting side pieces.
0: Right, right. So. so, but yeah, I mean, when you look at that and the fact that Dave Batista chose Army of the Dead, I mean, he gets to build a relationship with Netflix, gets paid more money, and he's the lead. I mean. It's a no-brainer. Exactly, right? So, and then he all, if I'm not mistaken, he also mentions that. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will be his last Guardians of the Galaxy film.
2: His last Marvel film.
0: Or his last Marvel film, which he, makes sense. I mean...
2: He doesn't have a contract afterwards. That's what they, that's what he said.
0: Right. And even James Gunn has also mentioned in interviews from years ago, or a few years ago, that after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, should they continue with Guardians in other films, which most likely can happen, the, li- the lineup of the Guardians will look different.
2: Yep.
0: So, and that's not surprising. I mean, when you look at Dave Bautista, Guardians, the first Guardians film was what, 2013, 2014? Yep. So it's been a number of years since then. And then of course he was in, in Infinity War and Endgame, you know? so, and of course these actors, you can't expect them to be doing this forever. I mean, look at Robert Downey Jr. You know, they, yeah. he came to a point where, you know, they gotta, you know, he can't keep going on forever eventually. So you want, these actors also want to end up doing other things. So, but yeah, that's, there's he, that.
1: He's been making his rounds. Cause he was this week. He, uh, cause we're on the subject and it's a related note, especially cause we talk about it around here. And I hate to break you guys' heart out there in the wrestling world. He, he's making his rounds cause. I don't know if it's the same article or he did it, he probably it was a probably different interview but he made it officially clear he is never returning to the wrestling business. Who John Cena? No, Batista. He will oh. not return. So all those dream matches that you guys have been like we were hoping we would get they're not going to happen because he made because the dirty crap that they did to him behind the scenes when he returned he, he he doesn't have to put up with it anymore. Before this he did, he don't have to anymore. So he made a decree He all but announced his official retirement. This, I think, it was Thursday, where he said, "I will, you will never see me in a wrestling
0: ring again." Well, good for him. I mean, because he doesn't have to put up with that shit, right? And hey, it comes down to you know how you treat people, exactly. You know, and especially people who put in the time and the effort and all that stuff. We're not talking about Joe Schmo here, exactly. So, As we've
1: said before, on the air and, you know, a little
0: loyalty goes a long way. Right, right. So moving on, we've also got uh, we got a new trailer, or the final trailer, for A Quiet Place Part 2. Hell yeah. So, of course, we were supposed to get this film last year. But, of course, obviously, with COVID and the pandemic, they delayed it to this year. And I was surprised when they dropped this final trailer that the release date was changed, if I'm not mistaken. It was moved up, and we're getting it on May 28th. And it says in the trailer, only in theaters. However, so again, from IndieWire, for whatever reason, I'm getting a lot of IndieWire. Uh, yeah, I was right. going to say. <laughs> um, so, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski are asking Paramount for money after Quiet Place 2, the, win- the theatrical window, was shortened. So of course, um, it is a Paramount uh, film. So as we know, Paramount Plus, because you know we don't have yeah, how we, don't, we don't have enough streaming services with the word plus in it. Um, it says here a new report from Bloomberg states that both actors, so John Krasinski also wrote and directed the sequel, the film, have a contract that compensates them based on the film's box office performance. That performance has now been minimized by Paramount's decision to move A Quiet Place Part 2 to streaming via Paramount plus 45 days after the film's May 28 theatrical opening. Some exhibitors will still be operating at limited capacity when the film has its theatrical release. So the stars are worried that many potential theater fans might wait for the film to be available for home viewing reducing the box office receipts said the person who asked not to be identified discussing a private matter <laughs> the original a place collected 341 million in ticket sales worldwide in 2018 so but i think they're i think they're also underestimating the audience here because based on what we've seen, and we've mentioned, we've talked about Paramount Plus when they they, they did their announcement on movies uh, that they release will get, will be streamed on Paramount Plus 45 days after. And based on what we've seen from past uh, big screen hits, like Godzilla versus Kong, it got a lot of people in the theater and say what you will about Mortal Kombat, it got a lot of people in the theater. I think this movie will do just fine on the big screen. And 45 days, it may not seem like much, but when I saw this trailer, granted, the first Quiet Place, I never even got to see in the theater. I wanted to. We never got around to it. I saw it, you know, uh, just at home. But I now I want to see this in the theater because it was made, you know, and just the way that first film was with the sound and, you know, you have to be quiet and every the characters dealing with that. Now I need to see this sequel in the theater as it's meant to be seen, you know, initially. So I think a lot of people are gonna be coming out to see this movie. And I think it's gonna do well in theaters.
1: And not for nothing, Mr. Krasinski and company, you left out one critical factor a huge critical factor that's gonna push a lot of your box office revenue. You left out the community that's really gonna come out because they're desperate right now and that's the horror sci-fi community. The, the horror community is absolutely hurting for a film to come out in the theaters right now. And I'm sorry, Chris, I love you. I love you and Sam. Spiral ain't it, so because A Quiet Place has a lot more goodwill under its name in the horror community than Saw does right now. So you're underestimating and you're kind of, I won't say spitting in the face, but you're showing a little bit of disrespect to the community that made a big chunk of why the first film was successful in the first place, because I did see it in the theater, supporting horror movies, And it was fantastic. And because of that timeline or not COVID timeline or not, a lot of us are ready to see what you got, Mr. Kaczynski, because you shocked a lot of us with your little, you're a funny guy who made one of the best horror movies in the last 20 years for the horror community that holds a lot of weight. So you're going to be surprised how many people in the community actually come out of their, caves as you guys like to call them or mausoleums is a better you know that's what I hear all the time for horror fans as they come out of their mausoleums you'll be surprised how many come out to support this movie so let's not jump the gun just yet the movie's not even out calm down Yep. you don't know the box office you're like you're already calling it a bomb and a dud and the movie's not even out yet like take it easy take it
0: easy All right. And then the next one, this one still relates to Paramount Plus. So from variety.com, Mark Wahlberg and Antoine Fuqua, sci fi thriller Infinite. This one will be debuting on Paramount Plus exclusively. So it's not even going to go in theaters. Um, Infinite, a sci fi thriller starring Mark Wahlberg and directed by Antoine Fuqua, will exclusively debut on Paramount Plus in the US. So I'm surprised that they're not even gonna let it release in the theater. They're just going straight to Paramount Plus. Um, But it says here, I'm trying to look for the release date. They're not mentioning it. At least I can't see it right away. Uh, But yeah, um, it says here, of course it's part of their rebrand and relaunched in March uh, uh, with Paramount Plus. So, of course, they're facing stiff competition in the streaming space with rivals such as Netflix, Disney Plus, and HBO Max all fighting for subscribers. So, and then of course they've got a quiet place part two and Mission Impossible 7 on it. Doesn't mention any release date on Infinite. But I did so mention it's
1: open-ended, then it could be any time, yeah, um, that time for.
0: Yeah, I did mention a few episodes ago. I started watching wall street on hbo max the marquee mark, mark uh series which i think is i think it's fascinating just because you know it's he's not just an actor but he's an entrepreneur and a businessman and it's like like he's not just one business it's like he's got a he's got a restaurant he's got a clothing line he's got a production company he's got man what else but anyway um he does show they do show like when he was filming Infinite I think they were filming in Europe Um, he was on a motorcycle like a dirt dirt bike and he had like a sword on his back and I was like what's that about like I'm curious to see the trailer I'm curious to see because it does say sci-fi thriller so I'm like I'm I'm curious
2: and to
1: answer and to answer your question um, they weren't
2: right they didn't have a movie together they
1: did one it was Shooter
2: oh okay hey Shooter wasn't bad
1: I, I never saw a Shooter. I never had the need to, but I heard good things about it. So
0: yeah. I need to Shooter see wasn't that. bad. I need to see that. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's uh,
2: better than the than the, than the damn series. That's for sure.
1: Wow, well, <laughs> consider the source. I mean,
2: yeah, USA. Know,
1: so. He's known as uh, Reese Witherspoon's ex-husband. Hey. For, yeah. You know,
2: he did he did good in that in that one movie and that's about it. That's the only good movie he ever did.
1: Well he was good he was good in the show I'm currently watching, but that's because he got shot in the head, but you know. Oh, okay. Spoilers, but I didn't mention the name of the show, so not really spoilers.
2: Oh, um is it, is it Big Sky?
1: hmm Mm hmm. <laughs> hey, just know it's Kuya's fault. He did it, not me.
2: <laughs> hey. Yeah, I saw well, the trailer too. I was like, hey, that's uh, Reese Witherspoon's uh, ex husband.
0: <laughs> Ryan Philippine. He
1: pissed. Himself, he real quick. He pissed me off because everything I've seen him in, he dies within the second episode lately.
0: Oh, is he the next Sean Bean? I don't know, but they're looking like they're trying
1: to make him the American Sean Bean. I'm like, uh, <laughs> let's not
0: do that, please. <laughs> but yeah, um, other than that. Uh that's all I have. I do want to mention um I did see so tonight uh Elon Musk debuted on SNL and I did watch his opening monologue. I had no idea that uh, that's right. He's so yeah, I had no idea that he had Asperger's. So and that I, I always just thought like he he was awkward when you know, like he when he speaks or when he's talking to a lot of people, but then he revealed that, you know, he's the first person to host SNL with Asperger's. So I was just like, wow, I, I had no about idea.
1: That's what you said. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I had, had not- no idea about that either. Right. Wait, so, I mean, Elon
2: Musk has, has Asperger's?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I had no idea. I had no idea. Right. Um, and then he did mention like every time he goes on a podcast, Yeah. All righty. So, yeah, I was talking about Elon Musk, uh, who claimed to be the first SNL host with Asperger's. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. I I, I always just thought he was just awkward, you know, when he'd speak to people or especially speak when he has like when they have like a big announcement at Tesla or SpaceX or whatever. But yeah, he he revealed that and then he had his mom come on with him. And, you know, regardless of what you think of the guy, I just thought that, you know, it was cool that he revealed that. Uh, yeah. But I guess I'm looking at entertainmentweekly.com and it said that he's not the first one. So he's not the first SNL host with Asperger's. So someone else has uh, hosted it before. Um, also, it says here original SNL cast member, Dan Aykroyd also has Asperger's and returned to host in 2003. Yeah. So I just thought that was fascinating. I just had
2: no
1: idea, but it explains quite a bit, especially the Joe Rogan interview.
0: Right. And then he even mentioned in his opening monologue here for SNL, Elon Musk said, "Uh, I really mean that. And I have to, and he has to say that when he means something that he has to repeat and says that and he has to say that, no, I really mean that. Because of the way he talks, you can't really tell whether he's excited or he's like, you know, you can't tell the emotion or the inflection in his voice. It's just like one monotone. You know, it, it just seems like he may be not hey, be interested or bored. It comes
2: or, off, kind of sarcastic. Right, oh, right. Wait, Dan Aykroyd has Asperger's? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, isn't he you know, like one of the funniest people in the 80s? Like he's he's well, one of he's like the. the reason
1: why, well, he definitely is a big reason why SNL was such a success. So yeah. yeah,
2: he was. He was like in Coneheads. He was like, uh, freaking Ray, Ray Stance from uh, Ghostbusters. I mean, yep. Blues Brothers. You know? Yeah, Blues Brothers, and then he was like, uh, "Hey, you know, we're just too wild, the like crazy guys." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. So now he yeah. sells crystal skull vodka. <laughs> oh, man, but yeah, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check out some of the bits that Elon Musk did. Probably tomorrow, I'll check it out.
2: Um, Bieber? Just, Justin Bieber the... has Aspergers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. um, he also did mention like ever since he did the Joe Rogan podcast and he smoked weed, everyone he's just good. assumes that every time he he just goes on a podcast and he's going so I'm, I'm going to put it out there. Hey, I don't know he'll ever listen e- to this.
2: Elon he's, Musk. He's more if than you want.
0: welcome to to join our pod, podcast and smoke weed if he wants to. Hey. As long as he brings a few Teslas, you know, or some Dogecoin. I don't know. Bitcoin.
2: Wow. <laughs> you, you can, you know, you can, you can give us like some, some weed as well. I don't care. Tesla
0: Shit. and a big old bag of weed. Woo, baby, we're
1: off to the races.
2: Bro. Right? i think there's also that the tesla vodka
0: or the um i don't know if it's a vodka oh shit! that comes in the like it's a tesla in a lightning bolt bottle it's like six seven hundred bucks a bottle it's probably bourbon something i don't know that's a tequila sorry tequila yeah so they actually they sold it no no they sold it for 250 dollars Okay. And it's out of stock. That's the shape of the bottle right there. It's like a lightning bolt. <laughs> and Jesus for two hundred and fifty bucks, um, it's it's sold out. Introducing Tesla Tequila, an exclusive premium one hundred percent Vieja agave Tequila añejo, aged añejo. in French yeah. aged in French oak barrels, featuring a dry fruit and light vanilla nose. So it's bourbon, a but it tastes like tequila. No.
2: It's bourbon t- taste. The taste of tequila. No,
0: I guess so. Yeah, I'm like, why is it in a French in French oak barrels? Because <laughs> it's glorified bourbon. The bottle. My the bottle's, bottle's bottle. really cool, though. The bottle. The container is really cool. A lot of There's, people I think just bought it just for the hype, of course.
1: There's-, There's nothing that I hate more as an alcoholic than snob alcohol. Like it just <laughs> makes my stomach turn. Yep.
0: Yeah, yep. other than that, that's pretty much it. Um, I got my second dose a few days ago, and um, all I got was a little bit of a, I just felt a little tired yesterday. My arm was way more sore the first shot, but for after 48 hours, I guess I'm in the clear. So, yeah, Pfizer gang, baby. <laughs>
2: uh, you want to talk about your girl, Billie Eilish?
0: Oh, what about her?
2: Uh, the 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 person that's like, oh, I we really don't care what I look like, but she's in the, uh British Vogue, modeled up and shit. Well, why why not? What's
0: it's wrong not with that? That's her job.
2: That's not her job. Her job is yeah, to That is, music. as a
1: pop star, that is her job. Yeah,
2: but she's she she's like, I don't like wearing makeup. I don't like well, to. That's glamour. fine, but
1: as as her as a as a star, that is her job.
0: Well, she's entering a new phase now.
2: She's entering a new phase. Yeah. Yeah, like there, so there's have a
1: immense hatred for Billie Eilish, but that is the fact. Her one of her major jobs is to promote herself and her brand, and that's one way of doing it by being on the cover of Vogue. She's I hate a... to break this news to people, but that's the fact. This is how capitalism works.
2: He's uh... a... What, what, what is it? like there's a picture of her that she looks like a, an actor like like one of the actors like in drag it was kind of weird like somebody somebody mentioned it on on, on twitter and i was like it's kind of fucked up like you know like why why would you you know do say that to about about a girl right so I, I didn't even look at the tweet like there, there's like pictures of of her in the, in the british vogue or or whatever vogue it was like the Like, there's a picture that he, she looks like one of, like, she looks like an actor somewhere.
1: One of the Beatles.
2: I don't know. Like, I was just like, you know, why would you do that? That's not cool. Like, you know, like, I just wanted to bring it up just because, like, you know, you guys are fans of Billie Eilish and shit. So. Yeah. That's that's all. Oh, congrats on her winning the Grammys, by the way.
0: Yeah. For an unreleased film. Which is interesting. Yeah. So can't wait to see that one. Later it's, the- it's, still yeah, not, it's still not as good not as
2: Skyfall. Happening. So, <laughs> right, 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 Pinhead. Oh, yeah. There's, it's, it's, not, not, it's not. It's it, hard to
0: Skyfall. I'm sorry, but it's not even a talk. That's head. the Dark Knight, I think, of the Bond series. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I haven't even seen all the Bond films, but that's the,
2: the way. The, the, the song, just the song itself. Like when I, when I heard the song, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to cry after this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, but it's it's Adele singing like beautifully, and then all of a sudden, and then, like you know, in that in that movie, I was just like, oh man.
1: Like I'm sorry, I'm a newer like admirer of Eilish's, but she's not even stepping to Tina Turner and Goldeneye let alone Adele and Skyfall. So, like no, this this, this, this that's one thing that does agitate me. This hero worship of yeah. this is the best Bond song ever made. No, it's not. Nope. And I have seen every single Bond, including the shit
2: ones. Yeah, the, the, the like uh, View to a Kill, right? Duran Duran? Shit. Yeah. Ooh. Come on. That's <laughs> for your eyes only? Shit, right?
1: <laughs>
2: I need to do Or it the Living time.
1: Daylights, like the oh. Living Daylights from AHA. Like, like, don't do that. Don't go down that road where this is the best. Like, don't do that. Stop doing that shit. You can still, you can still love your artist without putting them on this unicorn pedestal.
0: Yep. All righty. Well, that's the show. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Um, Feel free to follow us on any of the socials. You know where to look. It's right below. Click like. Yes, please hit like or follow on Spotify. Send us a message, let us know what you think of the show, leave us a voice message. Please I'll ask be questions
2: good. because we were you know we're gonna be you know answering these questions for you guys. So if you guys have like any sort of quote random questions for any random person in this podcast, you know, namely Pinhead because they want you want your reactions to certain things, right? Especially like, you sugar mamas out there, babies waiting. Oh yeah, Linda Gates. Hey, what's up, girl? Right, then <laughs> the Gates. What's up? Yeah, you heard about that, Mike? Yeah. Oh man. Oh boy. Oh, well, I I saw the like the funniest tweet uh, about that. It's like, uh, Bill Gates and um, uh, Bill Gates and uh, Be- Be- Jeff Bezos, two of the richest men in the world, can't can't even please uh, please like two women. What I what, saw that. what what chances do I have? I'm like. I saw that. <laughs>
0: Jesus, stop. It's, it's funny, dude. That's hilarious. I was
2: like, I was like, hey, that's very spot on. And then like everybody's like, oh, it's a, it's not just about money. I'm like, uh, 70 billion, billion dollars. Something has to do with money in a bit, you know, a little <laughs> bit. And as we're
1: coming to a close, as you brought it up, according to the rap, this is for Mike. Elon Musk was the worst SNL host in history ever. Oh god. Wow. Via the via the rap. So oh of course. Go.
0: Of course. Well, I'll check it out.
1: I'm going to too because now after especially after you made that little side mention, I, I need to see what where he, he is as far as comedic range. So
0: right. Because some of the opening mon- the opening monologue that he had, it got me laughing a little bit. I thought he had some jokes there.
2: So, I mean, it's probably written for him, right? So,
0: well, yeah, they write it. these, they got wait,
2: two cards. Wait, it's, they it's, it's, cards. I thought the worst, uh, SNL host was Donald Trump. Nope. They,
1: uh, according to these guys, he has officially been booted out by Elon Musk. So, oh, apparently, boy. Elon Musk was much worse. Oh, so, boy. which is saying quite a bit. And before we wrap, I want to say real quick because this is for a lot of us who. You know, 80s and 90s kids who grew up. Rest in peace to Tawny Katane, the 80s rock icon. She passed away at 59 today. Yep. Uh for those of you who don't know, go ahead and do yourself a little treat and look up Tawny Katane. Yep. You'll 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 thank me. You'll thank me next week, promise. You'll thank Papa Pinhead. Look her but, up. Uh... She was a lot of boy, she was a lot of material for a lot of boys' wet dreams back in the day. That's all I'll say. A lot of the jit gel and jizz rags got flying off the shelves because of her. So and I'll leave it at that.
2: Yep.
0: Alrighty. Thank you guys for listening. Follow Pinhead. Follow Jester. Follow Kuya. Follow me. And we'll see you all again next week. Peace. Peace.